Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new episode and also a brand new year. Happy 2024. I hope you've all had a wonderful festive season with your loved ones and you are ready to start the new year in the best possible way. Now for this episode what I want to really dive into is things that I am quitting in the year ahead. I think often we talk about things that we want to do, new things we want to start, new habits we want to create, but we don't necessarily talk about the things that we want to leave behind in the year just gone. So that's really what I want to dive into for this episode. Now, before I get started... I would like to remind you, for those of you who don't know, I have relaunched my YouTube channel. Um, So you can find me on YouTube. I will link my YouTube channel in the show notes. Um, But if you type in Danny Watson and YouTube, you should be able to find my channel. Um, I relaunched it at the end of 2023. And what I want to be doing there is just really... To, to be able to have another platform where I share content in a different way. So I will be using that platform to talk about the topics that I love talking about, such as law of attraction, mindset, manifestation, self-love. But what I also want to be doing is weaving in a little bit more of my life behind the scenes and giving you guys a glimpse into my lifestyle as a coach, as a business owner, as a mother, you know, as an entrepreneur. Um, and somebody who is really committed to personal growth and creating the best life for myself possible. So um, yeah, I really hope that you can come and join me over on the YouTube channel um, and I'd love to be able to connect with you there as well. So let's dive into this episode then. So things that I am quitting for this year. The first thing is over-explaining. Some of you may resonate with this. I am a chronic over explainer. If I can't do something, for example, if I have to tell somebody no, rather than giving that person a very simple and concise no, I feel the need, a compelling need to over explain, give a really long winded, detailed explanation as to why I can't do something. Or if something's gone wrong, I over explain as to why, you know, that may have, may have happened. Pretty much everything I do is prefaced with some long-winded narrative, which the majority of the time really isn't necessary. And it's interesting because I've really kind of developed this awareness of me having it. Um, You know, over the past year, it's something that's become really prevalent and something that I've known I've wanted to change. But it's become even more prevalent over the festive period because I, my mum came over to um, spend some time with me. Um, my, both my parents did, and my mother-in-law was here as well. And it's something that I recognise that she does an awful lot, where she'll be having a conversation with somebody, and every part of that 
narrative or stories that she's telling will have an over explanation. Um, and nothing is ever short winded with my mum. Like she loves to talk and I love that about her. But I recognize that this trait is something that we both share this inability to just give a very simple, concise reason as to why we don't want to do something. And, you know, everything has to be very long winded. Now, when I started to kind of explore this, I just kind of thought it was just a practical thing. It was maybe just a part of my personality. But I realized that over-explaining is actually a habit response where what we're really doing is we're trying to rid ourselves of guilt or perhaps anxiety by providing a right or a good answer to somebody. So the roots of when we over-explain, it often comes from um, people-pleasing, right? So many of us believe that in order to say no to somebody, or if we don't want to do something, we need to provide a really compelling reason so that we don't disappoint or we don't upset that other person. So my over-explaining will often show up at times when I'm saying no to somebody, or let's say, for example, a really good example of when this happens is I am really bad. I'm notoriously bad at responding to people via WhatsApp in a timely manner, mainly because I've got a very full-on life with kids and, you know, normally I've got lots of things going on and, and I'm not somebody who wants to constantly be tied to my phone. So often I'll read a message and then I'll completely forget to message that person back and it will maybe be like three days later. And rather than just giving a very short answer as to why I've not responded, normally I'll come up with some really elaborate response as to why I've not responded quicker, sooner. Because again, it's this people-pleasing mentality. I don't want to upset them. I don't want them to think that I was ignoring them. I overanalyze like what their response might be, like thinking, oh, maybe they're going to be really offended because I haven't responded sooner. So this over-explaining comes back to this sort of feeling of not wanting to disappoint, disappoint others. Um, um, we often also over-explain when, if as a child, we were often made to feel like we were responsible for adult emotions. Now, this isn't something that our parents necessarily do intentionally make us feel like we are responsible for their emotions. Um, it's something that I've actually become very aware of with my own children, um, not making them feel like they're responsible for my happiness, for example. So a really good example of this is um, children are fickle. <laughs> Let's face it, children are fickle. One day they prefer mama, one day they prefer papa. And I used to get almost a little bit upset if my daughter would come tell me today, oh, you know, I want Papa to tuck me in tonight or I want Papa to read me my bedtime story. And I would, my sort of instant sort of reaction was to be like, oh, that's made me really sad. And oh, if you don't want Mama, that's okay. And I realized what I was doing. I was like, this needs to stop because what I'm essentially doing here is I'm saying the way that you've responded or the way that you're, you know, your personal preference at the moment is making me feel sad. And by demonstrating my feelings of sadness to her, it was making her then feel as if she was responsible for making me happy again. She was responsible for my sadness and therefore was responsible for making me feel happy. So what I noticed with my daughter is her response when I would say, oh, you know, that's made me sad, but it's okay. 
she would then turn around and say, oh, well, actually, Mama, no, I want you to read me my bedtime story. And I could almost see this guilt within her for making me feel upset. And again, like this was her feeling responsible for my emotions. So I recognised that I was doing this and I've kind of really started to, you know, put that in check. And, you know, if she does tell me one day she wants Papa or, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's your choice today. That's, you know, your prerogative. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, so coming back to what I was saying though, this over explaining mentality can often be born from where as children, we were made to feel responsible for the adult's emotions. If there was ever a situation when we felt like an adult was upset or they're not feeling great, um, you know, we would do anything possible to try and make them feel better or prevent them from further harm. And what that would then often manifest into is over explaining. So I actually even witnessed this with my daughter when um, the situation where she came and told me one evening that, you know, she wanted Papa to put her to bed and she wanted Papa to read her the bedtime story. And she could obviously see the reaction on my face. And I was saying, oh, you know, I'm upset that you don't want me to read the story tonight. Her initial response was to over explain why she wanted Papa that evening. So she started saying, well, last night and the night before, you read me a story and Papa was telling me today that he has this new story that he wants to read. And you could almost sort of see just by the emotions on her face that she was doing her best to prevent me from feeling sad by over-explaining. Now, something you may have recognised if you are somebody that over-explained things is that it may feel like you're just kind of spiralling out of control. It's almost like your, you know, word vomit where you just cannot stop talking. And what's happening here is that your nervous system is almost going into overdrive because your over-explaining was perhaps a response developed from a very young age where there was a perceived threat or danger to you. So this might be something like explosive parenting, where you felt like you were kind of treading on eggshells, or, you know, if you did something wrong, you were going to get really told off. So it's almost like as a defense mechanism, you had to come up with this really elaborate explanation for why you did something. Um, again, this over-explaining mentality. So as I mentioned, this is something that I definitely want to quit in the year ahead. And a very simple way I'm going to be doing this is, first of all, just bringing more awareness to this habit. So if you're something that does somebody that feels like you over-explain, just start by witnessing where you do this and how this starts to play out in your own life. Now, when it comes to saying no to things, rather than the long-winded explanation, the first thing to do is give a simple thanks. <laughs> thank you for considering me or thank you for inviting me without needing to give an explanation further. Just a simple thank you and then a simple no. And the no doesn't need to come with any sort of explanation as to why it is a no. Get into the habit of being as concise as possible with your responses. So for example, let's say somebody invites you to a party and you just don't want to go. <laughs> So your response here would be, oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Unfortunately, I can't. And then just as a final way to kind of wrap up that statement, it would be, I hope you have a great time. So sending them love, um, you know, sending them your warm wishes as a way to wrap things up. 
So get into this practice. This is something that I'm certainly going to be doing of just making your responses as clear and concise as possible. Now, the next thing I am quitting for the year ahead is spiritually bypassing any pain or sadness that I'm feeling or trying to rush through the moments when I do not feel my best self. Now, as you know, I am a huge advocate of the law of attraction and one of the foundations of you know, this philosophy is that whatever we focus on expands and we are going to magnetize into our lives the things that we are a vibrational match to. And because of my belief in the law of attraction, it has led me to want to rush through the pain or want to pretend like everything is amazing, even when perhaps inside I'm not feeling my best self. Or if I am at a place where I'm feeling, you know, perhaps a little bit low or anxious or disconnected, it's almost like I've got to try and will myself or force myself to get better or to feel amazing as soon as possible um, because I don't want to be stuck in that place. There is this genuine fear within me that if I linger too long in the pain or the sadness where I dwell in that place for too long, I am going to create this awful life where everything starts going wrong and everything starts crashing down around me. Now, whilst I firmly believe that you know, we attract based upon our energy. And when we are in that high vibe place, we tend to feel better. The mistake is to feel like we've got to spiritually bypass the pain or pretend like the pain doesn't exist or rush through the pain without really fully allowing ourselves time and space to heal. So I've definitely experienced this this year. Um, this year has been a very challenging one for me um, at an emotional and energetic level. Um, I think mainly because I've just had so many things going on in my life and it just all got a little bit overwhelming. Um, you know, being in a new country and trying to navigate that, you know, things are a lot more difficult here because, you know, it's just a different country. I don't really speak the language that well and trying to just organise my life here. Um, having three very, very small children children and you know a big thing for us this year was renovating our house which was a huge huge project you know financially emotionally you know energetically it was huge we were all living in a tiny apartment whilst that work was going on which was also very challenging and I had to set myself some very ambitious lofty goals for this year and put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve really kind of big things for my business and just not having that capacity to do them made me feel really um, disheartened with myself, you know, really kind of disconnected. Um, so yes, I've had a lot going on this year. And one of the things I've noticed I've been doing is almost beating myself up for the way that I've been feeling and kind of wanting to go from you know, not feeling good one day to feeling amazing the next. Um, and it's almost like I've not just allowed myself to sit with my feelings. It's almost felt like it's been too uncomfortable to sit with these feelings, perhaps because they're feelings that I haven't felt in a long time. If I'm being honest, like for the past, I'd say seven or eight years, I've felt amazing. Pretty much every day felt amazing. There's been very few times where I felt, you know, th those feelings of anxiousness come up, um, you know, where I felt disconnected. I felt so strongly connected to my work, to my creativity. I felt so in alignment. So when I've been met with these feelings this year, it was kind of felt a little bit alien for me. And my instinct response was just to try and get myself out of that place. And I realized that 
we cannot do this. We cannot get to where we want to be by spiritually bypassing the pain. There's going to be moments in our life where we have to be willing to sit with the discomfort and lean into it and ask ourselves, what is it trying to tell me here? What do I need to learn? What do I need to release? And that's going to be a process that does take time. So I've actually been doing this more recently where I've just been giving myself a little bit more time to really just do nothing and just kind of focus on how I'm feeling, focusing on the emotions that are coming up for me. Um, My sort of usual tactic is to try and distract myself from what I'm feeling, from being busy, from being productive, maybe from um, zoning out, perhaps you know, watching things like Netflix. Um, I'd say I'd watched more TV and Netflix this year than I have, you know, probably in the past eight years. And I've recognized that this is a, again, it's this distraction tactic to avoid leaning into what's going on under the surface. So I've been creating more space to really tune into my feelings more recently. But as I said, one thing I really want to quit in the the year ahead is just, you know, spiritually bypassing what I'm feeling and just pretending like everything is great and everything is all happy rainbows and unicorns and allowing myself to be vulnerable, not just with other people, but with myself. You know, I'm so quick to try and convince myself I'm feeling great. I'm feeling amazing. Partly because I do know that we can show up as if our life is great and therefore get into the energy of life being good and therefore attract better things. And I do believe this, but there's definitely times when we need to release that image of everything is perfect and just allow ourselves to be vulnerable, not just with others, but also with ourselves. And what I want to do as part of this is also stop labeling my emotions as good or bad or stop beating myself up for when I'm feeling in a negative space, when I'm in that negative space. The narrative that often comes up for me is I should know better. I'm somebody who's done a lot of work on myself and I'm supposed to be that inspiration for others and I'm supposed to be teaching people how to raise their vibration and practice self-love and be self-compassionate, yet here I am in this downward spiral of negative self-talk and feeling anxious and feeling disconnected from my path, all of these things that I am meant to be teaching others. Um, So... I then go into the spiral of beating myself up for how I am feeling. So I think for me, a big part of it is just recognizing that all all emotions are a part of the human spectrum. All emotions are healthy and to stop judging what I am feeling um, and stop searching for happiness in the moments when I'm perhaps not meant to be feeling happy. I'm meant to, you know, be experiencing something else so that I am gaining a, a different understanding of who I am. I'm being shown who I am called to be. I am, you know, being invited to heal deeper um, in order to step into my next, you know, level of growth. You know, rather than saying, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm not feeling amazing. You know, it's okay to have those periods of being down or feeling lost or feeling stuck. You know, that is part of the human experience. Now, the other thing that I am quitting in the year ahead is the tendency to isolate myself when I am stressed or overwhelmed. So my husband laughs about this. He calls me, you know, a lone wolf because I'm an extroverted introvert. So to a lot of people who meet me, they 
perhaps assume that I am extroverted because I'm quite outgoing, you know, I'm just social. If let's say, you know, I'm at an event, I'll be very, very chatty with people. I'm very confident in going up to new people and having conversations and, you know, being charismatic around other people. Yet I need a lot of alone time in order to be energized. And I actually find my capacity for being around lots of people has really been diminished over, I'd say, perhaps the past five years, um, which incidentally coincides with me becoming a mother. Um, I was laughing to my husband about this. Somebody had shared something on Instagram about, you know, being so touched out by their kids that they couldn't let their husband touch them anymore. (laughs) He was laughing because I actually feel like I've Um, you know, my capacity to be around people and to be, you know, interacting or touched has been diminished because, you know, I've got children and, you know, they're very much when they're around me, you know, it's mama, mama, mama all the time. They're constantly wanting to be cuddled. They're constantly wanting to be picked up. You know, they constantly need me. So I am constantly attending to their needs so that when I'm not, it's like, okay, now I just need to be in an empty room and speak to nobody and just be silent. (laughs) And then unfortunately, my husband comes in for the cuddle and I'm like, just give me two minutes to just be alone. (laughs) So we've laughed about this as a couple, but it's definitely something I want to quit, you know, this self-isolation in times when I perhaps need to be around other people the most. So for example, when I normally sort of retreat into myself, it's normally because my nervous system has gone into overdrive. Normally this happens at times when I feel that I've been overstimulated. So let's say, you know, that all of the kids are at home and they're all commanding my attention. You know, they all want me for something. They all want me for different things. They're all asking questions at once. They're wanting to be picked up. They're wanting to be cuddled. You know, they want food making. Um, and you know, we're not even at 8am. So then a full day of that, by the end of the day, I'm like, wow, (laughs) I just need to zone out and do nothing and just be by myself. So my nervous system at this point is, you know, incredibly heightened, um, and deregulated. And I sort of retract from, being around others, where actually something like a cuddle, for example, is an amazing way to actually soothe your nervous system and regulate your nervous system, as can just talking to somebody and not necessarily needing their advice or, you know, words of wisdom, but just have somebody to just listen to you. And I think this is often why coaching works so well is because, you know, as coaches, we create these safe spaces where we're not necessarily telling somebody what to do, but we're asking questions and giving somebody a platform to have what their feelings, what they're feeling and what they're experiencing, just be vocalized and just, you know, have somebody to listen to those things. Um, And for me personally, even though I'm an advocate of coaching, again, when I have these moments of, you know, overwhelm or anxiousness or just not feeling great, I isolate where actually... These are the times where I need to be actually opening up more and actually connecting with my husband or with somebody else and really sharing what I'm feeling rather than feeling that burden alone. And I think this is the thing. It's because I sort of perceive it as a burden. I, If I'm feeling negative, I don't want to burden other people with what I'm feeling as well. So sometimes my instinct is to just bottle all of that in and to struggle alone and suffer in silence, where actually, you know, we all know that a problem shared is a problem halved. Now, I would love to know, what are you planning to quit for the year ahead? What are the things that you want to let go of and leave behind in 2023? 
I would love to know. So if you share this on Instagram, maybe it's on your stories or you share it on a post on Instagram, make sure to tag me in at Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching. Now, if you're wondering what to do next, where to go next, I have put in the show notes um, a list of resources of things that you might find useful, whether you are starting a coaching business, maybe you're already a coach and you're looking to step into your next level of growth. There are resources left for you in the show notes, which will hopefully point you in the right direction. And then on that note, I will leave you to enjoy these early days of a new year, the days where it can sometimes feel like you've got everything to play for. And I really believe that you have, we all have. So here's to a wonderful year ahead for all of us. And I will catch you on the next episode. Bye, ladies. Wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to weartheclick.com and click free course in the menu.